doing? Your finger in your jar. Hey, <laughs> you stop. <laughs> What are you gonna do? Be smacking your jowls? <laughs> what is that? Drink chocolate from my boss at work. <laughs> you want to so, keep the jado and put guitar picks in them. So, have you started watching Christmas movies yet, Greg? Me? Yeah, I have. I just started last night. Oh, I've been watching it for two weeks already. Guess what I started with. Bad Santa. <laughs> That's What'd a classic. You start? You start I, um, I started with Krampus. Oh yeah, yeah. And Got then, it. and then, um, I've been watching a lot of like Christmas horror movies, and then watching, then I watched Gremlins, then Die Hard, which is not a horror movie, but it's a fucking great movie. It's a great Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. They made it. A, they made it official last year. That it's going to be a Christmas movie. Did um, you Did you say Gremlins? That's a great Christmas movie too. Mm-hmm. I got an I got in an argument with somebody recently. They're like, "That's not a Christmas movie," and I'm like, "Let me explain to you how this can't get any more like a Christmas movie." <laughs> the um, what are they called? Uh, Mogwais. The Mogwai was given to the kid on Christmas, and the entire movie takes place on Christmas. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't get more Christmas than that. Well, if it has a Christmas tree, Christmas carols, and Christmas lights, and shit blowing up, it's a Christmas movie. It's yeah. a Christmas movie. Just because it's not happy-go-lucky all the time doesn't mean it's not oh, a Christmas I movie. love you. Shut up. I love you too, Greg. <laughs> hey, no, I'm not, I'm not in a movie. <laughs> but, like, what I, else? I watched, I watched two, the first few Home Alone movies. Those are the oh, only two that really matter. There's the only two that matter. Yeah, the rest uh, <laughs> the rest the rest went downhill. Did you um, see yeah. uh, did you see the commercial for Home Sweet Home Alone? The new mm. one? It's on Disney Plus. The cast returns all but Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. <laughs> the one that I'm matters. Wa- <laughs> I'm not wa- I'm not watching it. Buzz is uh plays the cop. He's a cop. Well, Buzz, Buzz, oh, is yeah. in the, Buzz is is in the last couple of ones as a main character for the focus of him. Well, I think you know what they should do since that kind of ties into the original. Kill him. No. Oh. Release the one that I want to release. Okay. Okay. Hear me out. Bring back Macaulay Culkin, but don't have him home alone because he's not a kid anymore. Have him have his own kid. That kid gets kidnapped, and in the style of Taken, he has to get his kid back from the Sticky Bandit with the help of Buzz's brother. That who's, sounds a good one. Who's a cop? Ransom. What would you call it? Um. Not home. Not home. <laughs> I'm alone. I'm alone, Ransom, part two. <laughs> Home Alone <laughs> Ransom Part 2, even though there's only one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Greg's making movies over here, like Star Wars movies. We're going yeah. to release Part 4. And, um, <laughs> and then Mel Gibson comes back. That would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, but have him, like, all nuts, and then have, like, Danny DeVito play uh, one of the Sticky Bandits. Mm. <laughs> 
Steven Seagal is one of the main is the, is the main villain. He plays the he, he plays the cop, the best one on the force. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see. Hey, one. I got your kid. <laughs> I want to see one Steven Seagal movie where he does that and then gets knocked the fuck out. <laughs> All of his movies is like. <laughs> Did you hear he went on to he went to Phoenix, Arizona? I know it was in Arizona, but I'm pretty sure it was Phoenix. He went to Phoenix, became a cop on their police force, and taught their cops how to fight. <laughs> well, he is a real life martial artist, though. But a lot of like legit like martial martial artists state that his form of martial arts is just to de-arm people. It's not to defend yourself. Oh, whatever. Martial artist. And he treats it like it's to defend yourself and it's the best martial arts in the world. Well, if he can do it, I can do it. And if I get killed, it's his fault. <laughs> Speaking of killed, did you see this guy? He's a cop, I think in Chicago. He does these instructional videos on how to like get out of dangerous situations. But like <laughs> all of them would get you killed. <laughs> Hi, Danny. Thanks for joining the chat. Hi, Danny. Um, but... It's funny because he has this one video of this gun pointed to his head in the back seat. He's like, what you do is you, and he freaking elbows the gun, takes it and points it at the guy. And I saw yeah. a video of some guy reenacting that and he goes to hit the gun. And next thing you know, he's in heaven. He's like, what happened? <laughs> this is how, this is how innocent people and cops die every day. <laughs> like, oh my good gracious. Uh, what else have I been watching? I watched Silent Night, the re- the 2012 remake horror film. It's actually pretty good. I heard uh, it's, it's good. on YouTube. Yeah, it's so good. Um, uh, I watched the kill count of Santa Slay with Bill Goldberg. I love that fucking movie. That looked so cheesy as fuck. Like he seen- does like all these cheesy, like cheesy wrestling moves in that movie. Have you seen that movie, or did you watch the best of? I watched like the kill count. Oh, you need to watch the movie. It's as cheesy as you can imagine. Naomi, have you heard of this movie, Santa Slay? No, I haven't. It's starring Bill Goldberg, uh, formerly of WCW, currently in WWE. He uh, he plays kind of like a Krampus character. Uh, oh, Sant- right. Santa's a demon that kills people. <laughs> and it's played well, like he Goldberg. made a deal. He made it do the old guy. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it all the way through, so I don't remember the full backing story, but I know he's a demon that cuts some kind of a deal and is killing people, and that's all you really need to know. Um, <laughs> Bill Goldberg. But then, like, I think it was in the first 10 minutes, he kills like five people. Yeah, yeah. He, he comes down the uh, chimney and fucking starts killing people. And, um... Yeah, it's so cheesy. I might watch that on my break today. <laughs> you should. Good. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's it's if you like cheesy horror films, you'd love it. Yeah, they should do one of Leatherface. Oh yeah, Leatherface does Christmas. Yeah, he's wearing a Santa hat, and then like, get off my lawn! Ah! <laughs> You know what's another good Christmas movie, but yet cheesy as fuck as well, is Jingle All the Way, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to deck you. I should say it. Eh? 
I've the seen big, that. The big show's in it. He's not credited, but he's in it. <laughs> Who's he play as? Um, there's a scene where Arnold fights like all these Santa Clauses in like a mall or something like that. And one of them's like a seven foot tall giant, and he's like, I'm gonna deck your halls, bub. That's played by, <laughs> that's played by the big show. <laughs> That, to go back to uh, Santa Slay, um, seeing Bill Goldberg with hair kind of looks like Kevin Nash. Yeah, and that long fucking beard. Yeah. <laughs> That's Kevin Nash as his stunt double. <laughs> you know what's really bad is when Goldberg made the jump, like when WWE bought WCW, he was promoting that movie. <laughs> oh, really? oh, my so, God. Yeah, because most, most WWE wrestlers do do that. Yeah. Like, sometimes the company promotes their movies for them. Mm-hmm. Hi, Joe. How you doing, dear? But, Hi, Joe. Uh, but, like, I don't know. Santa Slay is great, but uh, how many WWE or even wrestling films actually was good? Like, amazing. Money. I can name one. Well, no, two. I can name two. But... See no evil? I could have technically, yes. I could have technically named three because Sino Evil 1 and 2 are both really good. Mm, I watched the second one and um, Daniel Harris, the chick from Halloween, was in there. I'm like, oh, my crush. And then she dies. I'm like, oh. <laughs> the both movies are great, but that's because Kane's a fucking terrifying human being when he tries to be. <laughs> yeah, he plays it so well. Like, like it's yeah. like it's his character. You uh-huh. know, it, you know what's scary? He has to do well. Uh, could you see like Undertaker play Leatherface? Oh God, he's too tall. Hmm? He's way too tall, dude. He's like seven foot tall. <laughs> be fucking terrifying. Or if Leatherface had a dad, that's like <laughs> like like a dad, uh, a father that he didn't know that he exists, and he goes, <laughs> you know what? Your son, here is my chainsaw. <laughs> and his son is played by John Cena. <laughs> you couldn't see him the whole movie, so it'd be a great horror movie. <laughs> okay. So, okay, playing as um so with my head plugged in. You wanna know what's terrifying though? So Kane is the mayor of Knox County, Tennessee. Oh, shit. <laughs> Hi, Just the Facts. That's uh, Dan with Just the Facts. Go check them out. He's amazing. He's a great guy. I was just recently on Royce in the house with him. Uh, I showed up at like an hour into the show, but we talked about like groundbreaking bands and whatever. Oh, is that when you were on a podcast or something? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and you know, so I was on a podcast. Huh? Famous. Well, <laughs> Royce got a hold of me and was like, you want to be on my show? And I noticed that. He had already went live, and he was still live, uh, and it was an hour into the show, and I was off work, so I'm like, fuck it, I'll, I'll go on. So I went ahead and went on it, and we talked about ground baking bands and then a bunch of other shit, motorcycles and all kinds of other stuff. I don't personally ride, but I love hearing stories other people have to tell about riding. Hmm. Um, but go check out Just the Facts, check out Royce in the House, and also go check out The Voice It Show. They have Igor... Uh, He's the guy from um, Supernatural, I believe, is it? <laughs> it kind of looks like it. Um, how do you pronounce that last name, guys? Uh, help me out. Igor Paspolge? 
Uh, yeah, it sounds um, right. Sure, yeah. Pass Paul. Possibly. I'm really bad at shit like that. And also, he's got Pass Pal. Pass Pal. Pass Pal. He's yeah. my homie. Yeah. <laughs> he's he fights my... demons. I'm pretty sure he's the guy from Supernatural. He might be. He very yeah. well might be. Um, we we oh, also yeah. we'd also like to shout out Catfight Coffee. Um, I just drank some. It's one of the uh, few coffees out there that don't make me poop. Ah, oh, the the morning blend makes me poop, which is good. <laughs> this is a weird way to promote AC. <laughs> if you want to poop, try the morning blend. But if you mm. don't want to shit yourself, try the Alice Cooper blend. Greg, <laughs> <laughs> you're a genius marketer. You know that. And if you want to be, if you want to, you know, flush your guts out, drink the espresso. By the way, guys, go check us out on Instagram. We do have an Instagram account, and we're going to start promoting on there and on Facebook. Um, and I've I been just, doing Christmas covers lately, too. So Go check out Garak stuff, uh, Garak underscore 1985. It's 19, 1985. Dude, you should cover that. Woo-hoo-hoo. Is that Bowling or Soup? Yeah, Bowling yeah. for Soup. Yeah. I swear yeah. that they wrote that song for me. <laughs> you should. Know it. Dude, we should cover that. And then uh, that song was released on my birthday in December 1985. Right? It was? Yeah. I, I should get royalties for that, you bitches. <laughs> in 1985, you had Gorak and Blondie and music still on MTV. Um, yeah. I saw, I saw a post. Ew, somebody, no. somebody asked Bowling for Soup a question that everyone wanted to know, and they answered it. You like soup? No, no, no. The oh. name Bowling for Soup. Are you bowling on behalf of the soup? Or are you bowling for the soup? Like, are you bowling to acquire soup? <laughs> the I do believe That's their answer was... <laughs> like, are you bowling on behalf of the soup? Or are you bowling to acquire the soup? Yeah, I always thought it was the latter. It is. It's the latter. It is. It's bowling. bowling for soup. Yeah, you're bowling to win or acquire soup. Because bowling on behalf yeah, of soup. soup makes no sense because soup can't bowl. I'm yeah. <laughs> but I'm, no, you can't I'm ask glad. for a bowl of soup. Soup. <laughs> yeah, true. I mean, we should start a band that has a weird name like that. Like, uh, mm-hmm. we sh- bowling for soup cover band uh, or a parody band. We call it. Um, Are you putting a soup into a bowl? That's what. That's <laughs> one of our new singles. <laughs> bowling for soup. are you are you putting the soup in the bowl uh other band it tinder name? homemade <laughs> i've always thought it that it's can good. Be it can be out master ha, 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 ha. Oh, awesome dan has the best stories we need to bring him on here because he's he's worked dan work is with just the facts he uh he does the ride for dime uh which is a charity event for Dimebag Daryl. Oh, nice! In his in his memory, they yeah. ride motorcycles and they have concerts and stuff in memory of Dimebag Daryl. Uh, Eddie so, Trunk's only there, isn't he? Uh, he might be. I don't know. Oh, no, um, that's I, why I forgot, uh, Ronnie. Sorry. Because I know that uh, Dan does a lot of stuff like that. Because he he knew Dimebag and Vinny and them, and he's hung out with them a couple times. Haha, uh-huh, dude. Uh, but yeah, Dan's awesome. Go check him out. Just the facts. 
um, I, I should start a show and a feud called uh, Just Myths, where I just make up shit so that he yeah. has to debunk it. You know what I mean? And I should do, I should do, I should do one. And it's all about Dwayne Johnson. Dude, you have you thought about being a Dwayne The Rock Johnson impersonator? Like go to WWE and just like walk around being a dick? No, I was audition for the Young Rock TV show, but I didn't get it. Uh, it would work. It would really work. Have you seen that show, though? Like, no, I have um, not. Isn't it just actually, like... It's just it's a story of, of Dwayne Johnson when he was young, growing up, going to college football and stuff. It's actually pretty good. But then... What's that? Good. I but thought you then, were done. Um, I said I wasn't done anyway. <laughs> but uh, isn't it in the it same vein? Um, is, isn't it done in the same vein as everybody hates Chris? Chris Rock yeah, show. Yeah, and it has like Randy Savage and stuff like that in there. <laughs> that's, that's it's cool. actually pretty good. I think I, I think I, I sent you a snap, but um, but like uh, Dwayne Johnson is the um, like he's in it. But like he he talks like he he's like the um what you call it the person that talks behind the anyway um yeah he's he's in the show and he talks about it a little bit and then it's like a flashbacks when you know when he was a kid and he wanted to be a pro wrestler and all that shit so that's that crazy be, dude I like that's it not... I I put I, I, at first I thought it was gonna be a flop but it's Dwayne Johnson nothing's a flop so there you go. So we might have uh, Dan joining us. Uh, we would, I would love to have an episode where we promote him being on, but he might show up just to bullshit with us. Hi, Andiers. Hi, Andiers. Uh, I love doing shows. I love doing shows like this when we don't have a guest because we can actually interact with the crowd. I feel really bad yeah. when we have a guest because I get stuck. We all get stuck in conversation and we kind of avoid the crowd. I feel bad for that. I feel like we're artists and we interact with the crowd. Yeah, like let me hear you scream. I don't know why I do that. Like Ozzy Osbourne. And then Andy was like, "Fuck you." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so guys we do have a guest uh towards the beginning of december we can't say quite yet because i haven't called them um but you can find the phone calls on instagram <laughs> here's my bill <laughs> here's the numbers that i've been ringing <laughs> i i haven't even been calling anybody we know i've just been calling random numbers hey you want to be on my podcast yeah, one guy from like overseas that you don't know. <laughs> yes, I will be on your show. Yeah, random person. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise! I thought about when I was living in Phoenix, finding a random homeless person that looked the most entertaining, and put them on the show. Making famous, dude. And you have an you have an Instagram account. Yeah. Like, I, I hope someday we make it big enough and have a big enough crowd where we can just bring random people off the street on and make them famous. Because I would love to be the guy that gives back. You know what I mean? No. Did so, you hear about that? Did you know about that? Huh? 
I'm sorry. Jose, so uh, let's tell me a story. Why are you on the streets? Like, why do you want to be like this? We want we want <laughs> you to see. We want you to be happy. Yeah. Well, a lot of homeless they people have. Nice. Sorry. Halfway. What's, no, you finished. What's fucked up is a lot of homeless people are that way because our government doesn't take care of people. Yeah. That's um, why. Ours does a bit, but they get paid. They get paid a bit from the government, but they have they get forced to look for work when they don't have any skills. Don't you guys in Australia though? Don't you get like after working for a place for a year, you get like a month off work, vacate paid vacation? Um. Yeah, that's sort of like annual leave. So if you work full time and stuff like that, you do. Well, you can save them up and go for like a long term leave. Because I was talking to Royce and he had a lot of questions about Australia uh, that we didn't cover on the show, but I forget what his questions were. So we might bring him on and have you be interviewed by Royce about Australia. Oh, shit. Another one? (laughs) (laughs) No. Because, no, like there's a lot of questions because. In the United States, we don't know. So we'd like to yeah. learn about other cultures and stuff. And then Australia is much different because your paid vacation, correct me if I'm wrong. In America, if you collect vacation at a workplace, let's say you have three weeks due to being there for a few years, okay? You yeah. can't take all three weeks at the same time. You have to split yeah, up the yeah. weeks. Bye, Anders. Thank you for Bye, tuning Anders. in. Anders is the like one of our biggest supporters. Have a great uh, Christmas. He's like one of my biggest fans. Um, <laughs> we I we appreciate him. him. I need to sign some photos and send anyway. But what was I saying? My brain just farted. Um, oh, about how we got, um, oh, okay. with when you work for a place, and it's not a federal law, so places don't even have to give vacation. I heard that it's isn't it a federal law in Australia they have to after a year? We can. We can. Well after a couple of months, really. Okay, but but in Australia you can take all of your weeks of vacation at the same time, can't you? Yeah. Um I can't get any long service leave holidays or anything because I'm only casual. Mm-hmm. Because that's why I get paid I get I get paid um and I get paid like penalty rates as well. Like on holidays, mm. I used to work full time as a chef. I fucking hated it because it's long hours. But money was all right. But like, cause I was like on a contract. They're like, oh, this is what you're gonna be earning a week, and how many hours you're gonna be doing, and then every six months or so, you get like four weeks off. <laughs> I saw that. so uh, naomi how is it in germany or in britain where you're from like is it the same way um i think it's yeah it's a bit more similar to australia where i think yeah you you get the annual leave that i think you have to work for a couple of months i don't know if it's this way in australia or where you guys are at or from but I also heard in other parts of the world, uh, when a woman gets pregnant, she gets a year paid maternity leave and the guy gets six months. Um, 
and the guy gets pregnant. A lot. Yeah, and, and it's different in different countries. Um, when I was when I was pregnant and um, was it living in the UK and working, I got um, six months off, and it, my pay gradually reduced over the six months, and then it stopped. Then, yeah, but that was before they changed it to then nine months. Because I know in Denmark and I believe in Amsterdam, like the Netherlands and stuff, theirs is a year paid and then yeah. six months for a guy in america a guy doesn't get jack shit and i think the woman gets six months maybe maybe yeah. even a few weeks maybe the UK, the men got hardly anything right sometimes now um like uh women don't really like want to work they just want to you know keep having kids and get paid to stay at home and they get paid you know from the government that's weird. We have the opposite in the United States because we women work just as hard, if not harder than men after they've just had kids because they don't get the maternity leave very often. Like yeah. they get one, but not like the same amount of time as other countries. Yeah. And right. I honestly think good. Do you guys get government? Do you guys get government support or anything? Like, do um, they give you or not? What kind of government support? We, because we get it here as well. Like we have, we have unemployment. We have uh, food stamps and stuff like that. But when it comes to like healthcare and like shit like that, we don't get jack shit. Well, when COVID started, like a year or two years ago, whatever it was, the government were um, giving out like dining discover. Gotcha. Oh, 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 I take that back. Yeah, during the pandemic, we got uh, what was called pandemic relief checks. We got yeah. like a thousand dollar check or a thousand two hundred dollar check. But the thing is, is that was not enough due to our minimum wage being so low. Yeah. That wasn't enough to support us for a month. So mm. they sent a, they sent another check like three months later that was a lot less than that for some. And some people never got their check. Yeah. Like, I yeah. haven't got the vouchers because I didn't apply for it because I don't go, I don't really go out as much. But um, when you apply, you get um, New South Wales residents age of eighteen and over apply for six six twenty five dollar vouchers worth one hundred and fifty dollars in total. Mm -hmm. So if you spend um, over $25 in your meals, say if it's like $100 or whatever on dinner, and you use your your $25 voucher, you scan it on your phone, type it in, add it on the till, and then whatever's left of that person needs to pay off, they pay it. Mm -hmm. It's actually pretty good. We don't well, get much for it, but yeah. What's also crazy to me is I did a little bit of research just to wonder. Uh, in Australia, the minimum wage, I don't know what it would convert to to Australian dollars, but the minimum wage in U.S. dollars as of July 1st, 2021 is $20.33 American. Oh, wow. Which is crazy because you know what our minimum wage is here? I want you to take a guess. I want you to take a guess our federal minimum wage. Some states... Most states are higher than that. Well, I think. I know mine is, but a lot of states are higher than that. 
for the last 20 years, I do believe it's been 20 years now, the minimum wage has been $7.25. Oh, I was about to say 50. But nope. No, I was, but it was around eight, $8. We have the lowest minimum wage for most established countries, which is kind of sad. Yeah. Mm. Which is well, kind of like unemployment as well. Like, yeah. Did I get anything? Like, because in here we have, like, in here, in here we get that support and, like, job seeker report, uh, support and shit. So, uh, with unemployment, I'm not too sure what that entails because I've never collected unemployment. But I think they decide, uh, they send you a certain amount of paycheck. Yeah. And, then, and that's it for the month. And typically, people have been on unemployment while working. If you don't make above a certain amount, you are considered like pretty much poverty and you that you need the help. Yeah. Yeah. They will, um, they will get, I remember last year when we were in lockdown, they were giving out um, to the people that lost their jobs. Um, uh, like the COVID job seeker um, disaster payment or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And I remember getting it last year and I was like getting like 1100 a fortnight from the government because <laughs> I lost Damn. my job like lockdown and shit. Well, the thing is in America though, if you get fired or whatever, you quit, they have a deciding factor on whether or not you're available for unemployment, even though you are unemployed. Um, yeah. and, and then they decide from there and some of the people that get unemployment, it's kind of bullshit and others deserve, need the unemployment. So like, and then there's people that need it that don't get it. Mm. Yeah. Which is why I, I sold my money and put it in my other account. I was doing that, but a lot of the money I had in savings, I kind of blew through during the pandemic. Cause I took a like few month leave from work. Yeah, and then and then I the the rest of the money I saved up I blew on when I moved to Phoenix. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's gonna cost you a lot of money too. Well, the move wasn't what cost me the most. It was the I paid straight up that uh, year's worth of rent, so I didn't have to worry about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I paid that year's worth of rent, and then I went ahead and just paid uh, the uh, uh, bills because. I wanted to take a few months from work just so I can get used to my surroundings and shit yeah. and all that. So it worked out. It worked out. Wow. Last, last lockdown, we were in lockdown for like four and a half months, which is like the longest for us in here. But yeah, I was like behind in rent. <laughs> a lot but of I, people were. A lot of people were. And I told her, I'm like, look, I'm out of work and I'm already getting paid this and this and this and much amount from the government, a fortnight, and I'm going to, you know, pay, uh, we, pay you once a fortnight. Uh, I would like to uh, quickly give a shout out to our former co-host slash host, um, Tony. He has been doing really good in school and he's getting a job at a Harley dealership. Yeah, good on him, man. Congrats. Oh, that's great. We are being joined right now by Dan the Man over at Just the Facts. Hello, Dan. Morning. How you doing, brother? Uh, just drug myself out of Hello, bed. Dan. Got, my <laughs> got my cup of coffee and I'm ready to go. And I, I had 
and I got a little herbed up too, so I'm ready. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> you're you're in Texas, aren't you? Yeah, I'm just north of Dallas. I, I like to name that the last state to legalize pot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know, even though it's still not legal here, the cops mm-hmm. don't give a shit. That's, that's how it, that's how it is know. in Ohio. It's legal medically, but cops really don't care unless they really want to get you yeah. particularly. I mean, I actually work with the police department here locally. Mm-hmm. You know, I started an organization called uh, Citizens Patrol. Mm-hmm. They actually gave us uh, so far six police cars that we get to drive around in. And we're, <laughs> but we get to do things like if there's a car accident, you know, and uh, they got blocked traffic, we'll block the traffic instead of having a cop do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, you know, things that don't, you don't need to be a cop to do. That's what we do for them. Oh, that's uh, awesome. So, you know, plus we get to patrol around, we see something suspicious, we call a car over and, you know, but I've talked to the cops about pot. They, you know, mm-hmm. they don't care. You They're know, after just, the harder shit. Yeah. Yeah. If, if it comes to like cocaine or, Fentanyl stuff like that. yeah they'll get you for that but pot mm-hmm. they, they don't care you know that, I, I I even talk to even the police chief all of them don't, they don't care but you know if it's a large quantity that's mm-hmm. a different story you know because it may lead to something else yeah I know when I lived in Phoenix it was legal out there and it was crazy going from Ohio where you had to like smoke it in your car or in your right. house uh, in Phoenix you can as long as you're vaping it you can have your weed vape pen smoking from it in public and cops will not do shit they don't even they don't even care you can you can grow like 12 plants in your house (laughs) so you're in ohio i'm in ohio now i was living in phoenix for about nine months okay now my brother lives in cincinnati and he's going through chemo right now and Mm -hmm. he's got a medical card now is that wouldn't that be from ohio that would be ohio yeah okay yeah because you know that's one of the things uh you know that he's proud of now. He, he has his medical card, you know, he, <laughs> so every time he comes down to visit me, he, he brings the medical stuff down for me. So it's pretty cool. Did you uh, ever, did you ever think that you'd see the day where, where, where you'd be like, I have a card, I can smoke weed. Well, you know, back in the, <laughs> even back in the sixties, when I first started smoking, you know, it was such a bad thing to get caught, man. You, you know, uh-huh. it was so illegal back then, but I knew one day all these hippies were going to become adults you know, yeah. and they're going to start running the country. And I knew one day it was going to happen. And it's just you know, when just didn't, you know, I didn't know it was going to wait till I was in my sixties, but you know, <laughs> it happens. I had a, uh, we had Lynn Ruth Miller on here one time and that kind of reminds me of what she said. Um, she pa- sadly passed away, but she was in her nineties when she was on here. And I asked her if she wanted to run for any type of political office. And she's like, well, once I'm old enough, <laughs> <laughs> Because it seems like that's why it's becoming legal is because they wait until they're so old. Yeah. Like they, they won't have younger people in there because they're afraid of the change that might happen. Yeah. <laughs> but did you hear about what Oregon did, Dan? No. Oregon, when they went to legalize pot, they said, fuck it. And they legalized all drugs. Uh, I don't I don't agree with that. They said, they said, because if it's in the store, there's a less chance of fentanyl being in it, overdose, HIV. Well, that, that's true. You know, and I understand the same thing. We talk about the clean needles, you know, the giving yeah. out needles. I don't condone any of that type of activity at all. And but, I, you know, you, you know, it's almost like giving condoms to high school students. You're, you're almost encouraging them to go out and have sex. But, yeah, but, at, but at the same time, you don't want them to, they're going to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. So you want them to be safe. You know, I can understand the concept of it, but. Mm-hmm. 
And also they, I believe Oregon is implementing where if you want help, you get rehab for free because Uh, of all the money made on the drugs. Yeah. Which I agree with that. I mean, if they're going to do it, at least give them a safe environment. That's true. You know, like I guess it could be argued, you know, that you're almost encouraging it, you know, mm -hmm. but, but your intent is not to encourage it. It's just to be safe with it. Yeah. But and also the argument that a lot of people are having is like the uh, addiction rate, the the uh, overdose rate, all of that has went down in Oregon because they legalized everything. Well, it's kind of like anything, too. You know, I mean, like when I was younger, I couldn't wait to be well in Texas at the time. Drinking age was 18. Mm-hmm. I couldn't wait to turn 18 so I could drink. Well, once I turn 18, it's like, well, it's no fun now. Right. Because it's-, it's legal. it was more fun when you were sneaking around doing it right that's like when i was in arizona i'm like yeah smoking pot's still fun but like not when you have to not hide it anymore yeah yeah (laughs) go cool be cool be cool man you know (laughs) (laughs) like that's like that scene from cheech and chong where he's like i think we're parked man (laughs) (laughs) Or, or let me see your driver's license isn't it on the back of my car? <laughs> it's, on my, it's, on my bump, it's on my bumper. <laughs> What's your name? Isn't it on my license? <laughs> His name is Ralph. <laughs> Did you hear they're making a new movie? Really? Yeah, they've been working on it for a while. You know, years ago when I was in high school, we used to listen to Big Bamboo every morning. That's a good I, one. I knew the entire album word for word. And then uh, years later, I joined the military and I'm out in San Diego and there's a, there's a club out there, comedy store, that Cheech and Chong was there for weeks, you know, and I wanted to go see him, but never did see him. First time I ever saw him was in 1978 at the Texas Jam in the Cotton Bowl. They came out and they're promoting their movie, Up in Smoke. Damn, you know, So that was the first time I ever saw him. That's the best time to see him. It was. It was. <laughs> now, now they're old and gray and <laughs> I have like, a, like us. I have a buddy that was on here quite a few times, uh, Jeff Towers. He actually drove Tommy Chong around one time because he's a runner for, like, events. Oh, yeah. And he said it was kind of weird because it was in Canada, and he had just did a photo shoot down this uh, uh, alleyway. And when he was driving Chong around, Chong pointed at that alleyway, and he's like, that used to be a club, man. The first time I ever did stand-up was in that place. Yeah. And he's like, what a small world. <laughs> yeah, those guys are hilarious. Uh, there's a lot of new like sequels and stuff in the works. Like uh, Jim Carrey announced Ace Ventura 3. Wow. And it's kind of weird because he rarely does sequels, let alone three. Yeah. <laughs> it better be a good movie. I uh, saw a uh, documentary the other day, Dan, that you might appreciate. It's called... Um, Uh, Bill Murray stories. Have you seen that documentary? No, I haven't. It's about Bill Murray. uh, Back like in the earlier days of the internet, uh, there were stories going around about these weird appearances of Bill Murray. Like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this guy found almost all the people that have stated all these different stories and heard their side. And every single story is true. And they have pictures or video evidence and this documentary follows them all. And it's crazy. Like he ran, he randomly showed up at a construction site and read poetry <laughs> for, for like no reason. Yeah. One of, one of the stories I heard was uh, this guy, 
at a restaurant, sitting there eating his hamburger and his fries. Uh-huh. And this guy walks up beside him, grabs some fries and starts eating it. And the guy looks up. It's Bill Murray. <laughs> Bill Murray just stands there with a straight face and says, nobody's going to believe you. Yeah, he does, he does that. They say that before he leaves, he says that. Yeah. Like he one time was in the bathroom and this guy was peeing at the urinal and Bill Murray was standing by him with his arms crossed and the guy turned around and Bill's like, nobody's going to believe you and left the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's another one. Um, they have video of this. Bill Murray, uh, there's this college kids and they were going to have like a concert inside of their uh, apartment. And the band was like, can we bring our uh, roadie? We need help unloading. They're like, yeah, sure. Knock on the door. It's fucking Bill Murray carrying all the equipment. And he's chilling out, listening to the band, holding the tambourine and everything. The cops show up. Bill Murray answers the door, shaking the tambourine in the cop's face. And he's like, I'm Bill fucking Murray. And he invited the cops in. (laughs) (laughs) And then he left. (laughs) He's like, nobody's going to believe you. And then left. What's up, Bill (laughs) Gay? Hey, Bill K. But that's just insane because that level of fame and the guy in the documentary said that uh, the only way to reach Bill Murray is a 1-800 phone number that goes straight to voicemail. And Bill will will call you back or he won't. That's just mm-hmm. how he is. It, ta- it has taken famous uh, uh, producers and shit of movies years to get him in their movies. Yeah. Because he does what he wants to do. <laughs> yeah, he, he's in a very comfortable spot in his life right now. Yeah, so he's hard to acquire. And you know, you talk about the bathroom scene, you know, that it's kind of funny because you do meet odd people in the bathroom sometime. Yeah. Uh, there's a little club, you know, at the time, this is back in, you know, mid-80s, 83, 84. Mm-hmm. We got a little club out here. And at the time, my t- our city was pretty small. We were out in the boonies. And uh, there's a club out here, the popular hangout. And I go in the bathroom. I'm waiting. This guy in front of me using the urinal. I'm sitting there waiting. The guy turns around. It's Eddie Money. <laughs> I go, I go. what the hell are you doing here? And he, his daughter lives in the area. And he was in town visiting her. And so they came to the club. Just, you just, you just, just gave uh, me an idea for a part of the show. Bathroom that? stories. Yeah. <laughs> Pink Sock Podcast should have bathroom stories. <laughs> Because I would love to bring uh, my buddy back on because he was pissing at a urinal and Hugh Hefner was peeing next to him. Huh. <laughs> well, you know, that's a good time because, you know, you got them. They're, they're not going anywhere. You can yeah. talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's got to be the most awkward way to meet, like, one of your, like, idols or whatever. Like, could you imagine being next to your urinal and your idol walks up and pisses them next to you? What? Hey, you tell your friends. You couldn't believe who I met in the male toilet. <laughs> uh, I met Danny DeVito in the shitter next to me. Yeah. And we're like, well, while we're sitting down taking the shit together, we we're talking about Batman Returns and shit. That kind of makes me wonder how many celebrities I've actually shit next to because you can't see them when they're in the other bathroom. So I'm wondering. Well, I almost got to go in the same restroom as Al Pacino. Uh, oh, we were, God. It was back in December. It was about eight years ago. We were down in Austin. They were filming a movie, and I was an extra in the movie. And uh, Al Pacino and Holly Hunter were the stars of the show. So I, I got to work with two Academy Award winners. Damn, dude. And uh, so they're taking a break, and I'm sitting back on some equipment boxes for lighting. I'm just sitting there waiting you know, for them to redo the lighting. 
And uh, Al Pacino comes up, and there's a little bathroom back there. And he walks by me, almost tripped and fell. You know, and he kind of looks at me. He know, really had to go? Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Al Pacino actually pisses. <laughs> what's What's crazy is, is I imagine him being that guy in the bathroom that's really loud. You know what I mean? That guy that goes in the bathroom like, oh. No. And, he sits, <laughs> and he sits down and he's like, oh, this is you know, a good one. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's funny how movies make you look different, too, because Al Pacino, I'm five foot eight, which is not tall. Mm-hmm. Al Pacino comes up to hear about me, so he, he's about he's about five six. He's a little guy. I go, he doesn't look like that in the movies, you know. No, he doesn't. I, I was uh, talking to uh, Rob. Uh, he's a uh, wrestler. I was I had he had a radio show and he uh, was talking about it. He met Jean Claude Van Damme, no. and he said Jean Claude Van Damme came up to about here, and he's like he wouldn't take photos with him because he was taller than him. Ah. Uh. Because it would ruin the image. Yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> so he wouldn't do pictures. And he just thought that was weird. <laughs> like, yeah, they people- t- you know, they told us when they were filming, you know, us extras, we were you know, we were lo- the low-level people. Mm-hmm. They said, do not talk to the stars. They're here to work. So do yeah. not. But Al Pacino did talk to me. We were, mm-hmm. They were taking a break. We were there like nine hours filming one scene. Damn. And uh, so we, they were redoing the lighting. So I went outside to smoke a cigarette. And as I was walking out the door, somebody coming up behind me, I look, oh, it's Al Pacino. So I held the door open. He goes, thank you. I went, oh, Al Pacino, talk to me. <laughs> With all the takes they do in movies, like those scenes where they're eating, I always wonder how many times did they eat that cheeseburger to make hey, that that's, burger? That's what my scene was. It was a dinner scene. <laughs> I, bet it, you, it was, I bet you. I bet you It was filmed at a Luby's down in Austin. Uh-huh. And uh, so there's a scene where Al Pacino is paying for his food. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going through the line getting my food, you know, mm-hmm. and then you sit down and you start eating another part of the scene. Well, redo, redo. They redo it again. So you got to set everything back the way it was on your table. Start eating again. I was so sick of Luby's food that night I mean, <laughs> for nine hours. And, and the guy that the guy that directed that movie uh, is uh, David, David Gordon Green. He's the one that did Pineapple Express. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool to meet, you know, make, meet him because that was one of my favorite pot movies so what what was it like getting paid to eat <laughs> yeah then, you know when we first started the scene i was actually hungry you know but then you know you can only eat so much after nine hours but so, sometimes you just gotta fake it you know i was gonna say like you gotta eventually just do props and act like you're eating because that's gotta make you full of shit and you know when when you're doing a scene and you know they're, they're they're focused in on the table where Holly Hunter and Al Pacino are, but mm-hmm. you can see the background, people walking around. Mm-hmm. That is so choreographed. I'm standing with the table, and there's a guy across the across the room. Now, 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 and I start walking with my tray, and <laughs> and then all of a sudden another guy was like, "Go that way." I walk over here with my tray. I just kept walking with the tray, and they piece it all together. And it looks like a crowd. You know, <laughs> that's <what>? awesome. <laughs> so my question is though. Do they have to have that specific food item that you're eating every single time, or do they change it up each? Well, not so much not, not so much the food, but your setting, where your glass is, where your silverware is, all that's got to be the same every time. Because I was going to say the director's like, it has to be a salad. It's not going to be the same scene if it's not a Caesar salad in the blurry background. Well, when we first, when we first started when we first started shooting the scene, like I said, I was hungry, uh-huh. and uh, so the guy directed me, you know, sit to the spot here. So I'm sitting at the spot. And you know at Luby's they got the cloth napkin with your uh-huh. silverware inside. Well, I'm taking that out, man. I'm 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 eating, I'm eating normal. 
they made a cut. The director comes over me and goes, you got to be quiet with your silverware. I go, well, hey, I'm about to eat, man. I mean, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm making it real. He goes, just make your silverware quiet. All right. Redo it again. Wow. I need to get you a shirt that says, make your silverware quiet. Just makes people question. <laughs> <laughs> but don't don't worry. Grack's probably never going to make a movie because when he eats, he's loud. He gets the... Uh. <laughs> he gets the smack. <laughs> <laughs> Cut. <laughs> what what movie did you do again without the champion? Yeah, it looked like Bill Kay broke a rule when he talked to Joe Bonamassa backstage. Oh, shit. Um, Greg wanted to know, I don't know if you heard him or not. Um, he wanted to know what movie was that with Al Pacino? Uh, it's a movie called Manglehorn, which is his last name in the movie. He's a locksmith, and he had a love affair yeah. with a woman 20-something years ago. And they never got together. They kind of broke up, but he's had this longing for her for 20 something years. And he writes her a letter every day. It's, he's really psyched over this girl and it's totally affected his life. And after seeing the entire movie, it's the worst movie Al Pacino ever made. <laughs> <laughs> terrible, terrible reviews on it. But hey, they said Dan made that movie. I think I, I saw that review somewhere. Well, it actually got me in the. I got an IMDb account now. <laughs> it's got me. It says uh, cafeteria patron. <laughs> <laughs> You're the famous cafeteria patron. <laughs> so you know what's crazy is though about movies. Since you've been in one, you realize this. All the takes it takes, but there's also they spend hours and hours on this one take, and that scene might not even make the movie. That's true. Yeah. That's like, why I was curious when they finally did the premiere here in Dallas. And so I went to the premiere and I, I didn't know if I ended up on the cutting floor or what, you know, but no, I, I was actually in there. You know, there's one scene where Holly Hunter and Al Pacino are facing each other. And in the background is my table and you can see me drink a glass of water. You know, the waitress comes up, give me my bill and I'm sitting there looking at the bill and I'm, and then they cut away. <laughs> then, then after that, you never see my face after that, but you can, I know who I am, where I am in the movie. You can, I, I, you see me passing by behind them a couple of times. Mm -hmm. You see me at the cashier paying money. They actually gave me a bunch of fake money too. You need your own movie. Uh, the restaurant patron that's yeah. gonna, <laughs> with Al Pacino. <laughs> well, it'd probably be about as good as some of the shows that are coming up. Now I saw the oddest show advertised what? for coming up, I guess in January, new, new, uh, drama series, the cleaning lady. Yeah. <laughs> The cleaning, I guess she solves crimes and everything. She's the cleaning lady, and she has inside scoop of what's going on and all. Oh, my God. Just, really? That sounds, that sounds like one of them B-rated horror films. <laughs> <laughs> the cleaner lady. The, from the can you imagine the cleaner knowing everything that's going on? Yeah. From, she, from, can, she sees what's going on in the room. She's yeah. overhearing things and piecing things together. I, I, so, I can see the concept, but the cleaning lady, come on. From the same people that brought you Attack of the 50-Foot Cheerleader. There, there's a new horror film in town, The Cleaner Lady. Yeah. <laughs> what? That's kind of like they uh, did a Kindergarten Cop sequel without Arnold. Did you hear about that shit? No, I don't think so. That was a steaming pile of garbage. <laughs> probably why I never heard of it. Guess who's playing in it, though? I have no idea. Mm. Um, that I forget his name, but he plays the Russian in Rocky. Um, I think I'm on. Yeah, I know who it is. I was thinking the name. Um, hold on, let me look it up. Kindergarten Cop Two. It's uh, I have his name at the tip of my tongue. Uh, 
Oh, uh, Dolph Lundgren. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and his love interest is like twenty to thirty years younger than him. Like it's like a really weird movie because she's like in her like twenties and he's like sixty at this point. <laughs> but he has the same accent, right? Yeah, he looks he looks the same. Hi, Adam. Hi, Adam. Uh, the feel good custodian movie called Jerry. <laughs> Would you watch that movie, Jerry? <laughs> They make some crazy movies. I uh, ever heard of Charles Band, Dan? Charles Band? Yeah, he's the uh, creator of Full Moon Features. They are the kings of B-rated horror flicks. Oh, okay. He made like Puppet Master. and uh. Well, he made a movie with Tommy Chong in it, which you might appreciate. It's called Evil Bong. <laughs> <laughs> it's about this haunted bong that when people smoke it they go to a dream sequence and the bong kills them and takes their soul wow <laughs> and the previous owner's tommy chung and he's like anyone who's owned this bong has died man and they're like but you're alive he's like oh yeah well almost everyone man. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking hilarious but you know, uh, I, I've got a bong that's 44 years old this month. <laughs> happy birthday. <laughs> Please tell me you clean it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Luck, luckily, it's aluminum cast, so it's it's easy, you know. But yeah, I've had that sucker for December of 78. Damn. That's probably older than you. That bong's old. <laughs> most of Black Sabbath's albums. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like damn dude uh, how did you keep it that long because i usually drop them well like i said it's it's a it's aluminum cast so it's it's oh. you know but some of the welds broke loose like the, the long neck mm -hmm. you gotta hold that kind of hold that on now <laughs> I, I had to make a new base because it rotted away but you know damn it, a lot of a lot of people have <laughs> used that I they're, bet. All, they're, they're not all dead but you know <laughs> you should have had everyone that has smoked out of it sign it yeah that'd be cool you have a signed bong by every celebrity you've smoked with. <laughs> now, did you smoke out of that bong with Dimebag? No, no. That would have been cool. No, because it never really left my house, and Dime never came over my house. I've been over to his house, but he never came to mine. Were you at his house, the one that had the studio? Oh, yeah. Jason Chasing Studios, yeah. I heard that when they uh, did the first Hell Yeah album, didn't they record it in that studio? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything from, well... I think the last two Pantera albums, after that, everything, Damage Plan, Hell Yeah, everything was recorded in there. Because I remember hearing a story that Vinny almost changed his mind on Hell Yeah because they went to that studio and nothing was changed. Yeah. And, and he, didn't think he, he didn't think he could physically do it. Well, it's kind of eerie when you go back there because they got all the Pantera gear uh -huh. packed away. and Well, at the time, it was Damage Plan. They used reused a lot for Damage Plan. Still had the set list still still on the speakers and it's like wow so you know, did did Vinny have the rights to that studio after dime died or was that dime's wife that just gave them permission to use it yeah well yeah he, he always had access to it you know so what's going on with it now do you know nothing uh rita's moved out to hollywood she still owns dime's house mm -hmm. you know they're not going to get rid of it it's going to be you know it's kind of a historical landsite they should turn now. it into like a museum or something you know, he still has his very first car parked out in the driveway, the Camaro. 
That's still parked out. It's in really bad shape, but it's still there. His very first car. You they, know, should, and, they should definitely turn that into like a museum or something for like music buffs and shit. The only thing I know that they had out there recently, you know, I started riding for Dime back in 2005. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, every year during the ride, we'd go by the by Dimebag's house and we'd go by the cemetery, then end up at a venue and, you know, do the concert. And uh, when was it? In 2000, we had kind of a falling out, me and Dimebag's girlfriend. We had a falling out like in December, I mean, uh, summer 2016. Uh, I, I was called back because I had stepped down from the board in 2008. Mm-hmm. Then she calls me back in 2016, wanted me back on the board of directors again. So I agreed to it with some stipulations. And, uh, well, things didn't go right that year in 2016. We made a lot of money, made over a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars, but I never knew where the money went. You know, I have no idea where the money went. Nobody, I never, to this day, have never gotten answers. So I cut ties totally. And, uh, Understandable. and then they changed the date. We always had it on his birthday in August every year. Well, she changed it to December, the day he was killed. Mm-hmm. I go, no, man, you celebrate his life, not his death. Right. But they did anyway. It was, that was kind of a flop. Didn't work out right. And it kept going downhill. I mean, they kept making bad decisions. And then they decided, well, we're going to just have a ride. And then we're going to have a barbecue at Dime's house. And Dave Grohl is now on the board of directors. So he was the chef. So if you participated in the ride, you got to go to Dime's house and have a barbecue with Dave Grohl. I heard he's a really cool guy. Yeah, nicest guy in rock and roll. And he said he learned that from Dimebag. You know, so. But anyway, I don't think they even had anything here the last couple of years. It's all been done out in Hollywood now, where she's at. That's and, awful. And, and they they renamed it. Instead of Ride for Dime, they call it the Dime Bash. Yeah. Well, see, when it all started, I had Ride for Dime and Rita had Dime Bash. And uh, I think it was our third year, Rita finally showed up and saw what Ride for Dime was. And that's when she became involved in it. And that's when I kind of made my exit. Mm-hmm. Do you plan on doing anything like that for a dime again? Or no, are you just done no. with it? I'm done with it. Yeah. Because we, there was a big controversy. When I stepped down as president, the guy that took over my position, there was a lot of controversy about this guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was money coming up missing. And oh, there, was, there was tax issues. And my name was still on the books. You know, and they're trying to investigate me. And I said, dude, I ain't got nothing to do with this, you know. So then the local newspaper, music newspaper here, did like a 16-page write-up about the, the downfall of Ride for Dime and the, the accusations that were going on. And so was, there was a big switchover in 2016. And uh, when I came back, a whole lot of the fans came back. And that's what is the biggest one ever. And then, well, one of the things I think they were upset with you know, I was in charge of the ride itself, not the concert side of it, just the, mm-hmm. just the motorcycle ride. And uh, all these years, we did you know 11 rides, even one for Ozfest. And then uh, that morning, it rained. I oh, go, well, I got to make a decision here pretty soon. Are we going to have the ride, or are we just going to forget about it this year? Because mm-hmm. I don't want people riding in the rain. You know, nothing was scarier than had 350 motorcycles behind you. You know, and riding in, on wet pavement. Mm-hmm. So about noontime. It was still there's still light sprinkling out and the roads were soaked and I called it. I said no ride this year, you know. Just everybody head to the concert. Well, the the Rita camp they got very upset that I canceled the ride, but all the bikers said it was a good call. Said mm-hmm. yeah, good call guys, good. But the other people on the board said, oh, you made the the call too soon. You should have waited. No, sorry, you know I'm not going to have that many motorcycles behind me, you know, and have one accident. It would ruin the entire thing. 
we went 11 years without one accident. Yeah, one is, one accident's all it takes for yeah. like a lawsuit. And I was always so relieved when we finally got to our destination. It's like I could take a deep breath. It's over. You know, nobody got hurt. <laughs> I got a question in your opinion, because we don't actually know if this will happen or not. <laughs> but according to Vinny, when he was still alive, there was a second damage plan album that never saw the light of day. That's going to be up. That's going to be up to Rita. And do you ever think that will possibly happen, though? Do you think she'll let it happen? Well, I'm not sure. There's a lot, a lot more stuff too. There's a lot of material out there in the in the studios. I saw a plastic garbage can filled to the top of videotapes. I mean, no, no one's gone. Well, this was as of five years ago. Nobody had even gone through all these tapes. So there, I, I can see another video coming out. Another yeah, Pantera video. From what I heard of. Dimebag and Vinny both were always writing. Yeah. They're were, they were always writing. When they weren't writing, they were touring. Yeah. And when they were touring, they were still writing on the bus. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of material, you know, and I, I don't know as far as audio, but I know there's a lot of video. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but they recorded everything. Like uh, uh, the uh, cover that Hell Yeah did of uh, I Don't Care Anymore, that solo was actually Dimebag. Yeah, that's right. They found the solo, I think it was originally meant to be a Pantera song, but Phil couldn't do vocally or whatever. It wasn't a song that he wanted to do. So they scrapped it, and then Vinny found the original solo, and he was able to convert it to MP3 or whatever format they needed in order to do the album. Yeah. Which is cool. I, thought I, think, cool. That was, I think that was done on another song, too, with another band. It might have. Because uh, I can't remember who did that. Because I know Zach Wilde also, I think he has quite a few unused Dimebag sellers for songs of his. Yeah. That he, that he might be using in the near future. But, you know, like any band, I mean, anytime they're, anytime they're in the studio, they're recording something. Yeah. They don't use half that stuff, but they, as long as they don't destroy it, it's there. That's like Ozzy Osbourne when he did Osmosis. There's like a whole album's worth of music that has been released after that that was supposed to be on that album. And that's just what he chose to release. Who the hell knows what yeah. other albums have what? Exactly. Like, who knows? Like, when Frank Zappa died, look at all the music we got. Yeah. It was unreleased or different versions of each song. Like, you never know. Now, there's a guy that's actually in charge of all of Frank Zappa's material mm -hmm. called The Vault Keeper. You know, the funniest guy, I forgot what his name was now, Joe something brother. Wasn't he on one of the show? One yeah, of the other yeah. Shows? yeah, yeah, on that other yeah. Yeah. streaming show that we yeah. don't discuss. <laughs> <laughs> the show we do not mention. <laughs> I, I think I saw him a few times on that, and I think I saw him on another show that I follow. I always wonder what that'd be like to know you're in charge of all of Frank Zappa's material. All that is it. a lot. I mean, oh, my God. There's a documentary out right now called Zappa. Uh, it came out not too long ago. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Um, Frank Zappa actually walks into the room where all his shit's at. And it's a huge room. And he had, like, every song he's ever released, every time he's ever, like, recorded himself on stage. He has a recording of him with uh, John Lennon performing. He has, like, all these videos unreleased, all these songs that were unreleased. And this was in the early 80s when he was still alive. Who knew what he yeah. released after that? Now, I met Frank Zappa in 1977 at a Lucky club. bastard. At a club here in Dallas. Well, he actually he actually sat down at our table and I smoked a joint with him. <laughs> and he claims he never smoked pot. No, he, well, he did that night. <laughs> I honestly think he did, but like he said that he never did drugs, but he never considered pot a drug, I yeah, don't think. 
and he's not the type that would promote it either. You know, right. that's his, that was his private business. He, you know, I was that way at work, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. You know, when they started drug testing and all that, you know, what people, at work, people at work thought I was the straightest guy ever. You know, <laughs> I said, well, I want to keep my job. So I'm going to put on that persona that I hate drugs, you know. Yeah. You know, but I would never single anybody out, you know, but you put on a persona, you're against it. Oh, they're not going to suspect you, you know. My thing is anymore, ever since living in Arizona, is if there are a job that would terminate me for doing what helps with my mental health, they're not a job I want. <laughs> That's just how I feel. Because it's not frowned upon like it used to be. Like, if it was, then I wouldn't be so open about it. Well, what, about drug testing, you know, what you always piss me off about the drug testing, THC stays in your system much longer than any other drug. Yeah, a no, month. So, yeah, so you could, have a, you could be a cokehead, stop for three days, and come up you know, negative on the test, uh-huh. and, and you get the job. Well, I would rather have a pothead working for me than a cokehead. Because they actually you know? make sure the work's getting done pristine because yeah. they don't. <laughs> I, I thought, well, you know, if I ever started a company and I, and I required drug testing, I would require you have to come up positive on THC. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, my, any negative test, you're not getting hired. My, my thing is, though, is, okay, they're testing for marijuana, okay, but they're not testing for alcohol. Yeah. If you're drunk on the job, that's fine. If you're high on the job, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? I think they shouldn't do the drug test unless you get injured at work or unless it's an actual problem with you all the time. Yeah. Like a personal issue. You know, because when you look at, you know, like being high and driving and being drunk yeah. and driving. Yeah. Well, a drunk guy, you know, he, he don't care. He's just trying to get when you're high, man, you're focused. Yeah, you're like sitting there, you're like, you're like when's this sign going to change to go? That may be a little too high. <laughs> been, did you hear what Tommy Chung said about him when he got real high one time and he got pulled over by uh, one of them work lights on one of the uh, work zone signs? Yeah. He, he stopped and he's like, and he said there was no cop, so he pulled out a joint and started smoking, and then a real cop showed up. Yeah. And, and he hit it, and the cop came up and said, what are you doing? And he's like, didn't you pull me over, man? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the vaultmeister for... Uh, Joe Travers. Joe, is Joe Travers, yeah. That. I, I couldn't do it, because I think, I don't know if anybody, well, besides Buckethead, I don't think anybody has that much music. Because Frank Zappa had like 20 different versions of one song, and then he had like hundreds of different songs. Yeah. Like, how did he find time to do that? <laughs> Shit. Well, he didn't work. He didn't work a regular job, so he had plenty of time. I wish his son would do more original stuff. He used to, but he's I, more so play I, Zappas now. Yeah, I haven't heard from Dweezil in years. He did a, uh, I don't know how long ago this was. It might be longer than I remember. But the uh, bassist of uh, Spinal Tap released a solo album not too long ago. And Dweezil was on it. And that's the last time I heard about him. Yeah. Which was a great album. And whatever <laughs> happened to Mu- Moon Unit? Moon Unit? Haven't heard much from any of the children besides yeah. Dweezil. Because Dweezil will tour as Zappa plays Zappa. Where he'll just play Frank's music. Which he sounds and looks like his dad, but... I would love to hear something original because the original music that he did release was incredible. I, I think what, the first album I ever saw by Frank Zappa was uh, was Weasel Rip My Flesh. Great you know, album. <laughs> <laughs> <you> guys shaving. <laughs> but my, my first introduction to Frank, though, was probably Apostrophe. Oh, okay. 
or Freak Out, his debut album. I don't know which one came first for me. Freak Out was a great debut. Yeah, and so many great lines in all those songs. You know, watch out where the Huskies go. Don't you eat the yellow snow. Why does it hurt when I pee? <laughs> <laughs> that was from Joe's Garage, wasn't it? Oh, hell, I can't remember. I haven't listened to Zap in a long time. His music is so great. Um, the song uh, I'm the Slime was way ahead of its time. It still applies to this day. Yeah, Apostrophe was Yellow Snow. Yeah. The reason why I remember that is because uh, I was in like a music class. It was like the History of Rock and Roll class or whatever. And the teacher was like, how many of you have heard of Frank Zappa? I was the only one. <laughs> and And he's like, how many of you like Frank Zappa? And I'm like... Still the only one. And he's like, no way. I'm like, watch out where the Huskies go, but don't you eat that yellow snow? He's like, that's weird, because we're watching that documentary right now. <laughs> and we ended up watching the documentary of the making of Apostrophe. <laughs> Great fucking album. Zappa, I don't think, had a whole lot of, like, real bad albums. Well, that's open for debate, because Zappa was weird as hell. But, like, if you're a Zappa fan, I don't think he's released a bad album. But hey, Dan, you want to promote yourself real quick? Yeah, I got a YouTube channel. It's right here under my name there. Uh, I've got a little bit of everything in there. I got some old historical footage that I've taken. Uh, I take on new projects. Uh, I think my latest one was going through Dealey Plaza on November 22nd uh, using the audio soundtrack from 1963. So that came out pretty good. Uh, uh, right, my, I think my next project is probably going to be Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, they filmed Bonnie, the bon 1967 Bonnie and Clyde movie here in Dallas, well, North Texas. And I'm going to go to all the sites where they did the film, you know, where they did different scenes and do a little bit about that. Then I'm going to do another video about the real Bonnie and Clyde, you know, go to their mm -hmm. grave site. I mean, they're buried like 15 miles from here and uh, do the real story about Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, go to some of their hangouts, Clyde's old house. You know, this cool stuff. Uh, sometimes, you know, I'll just do weird stuff too. I've got, uh, I, I could do a three camera shot in my truck and I, I got cameras on my rooftop. And one of the things I'm gonna do this year, <laughs> sounds goofy, gonna drive down the streets and record all the Christmas lights, you know, yeah. do, do that live. And that, that way, while I'm in my truck, I could switch to the left camera or the right camera, you know, and get both sides of the street. The, the thing is, though, nowadays, it seems like when you don't try or when you do, like, something silly or stupid, that's what gets the most views. Yeah, it, it's amazing. <laughs> like, it's weird. My most views on YouTube is a video of me reacting to WAP before it became famous. <laughs> because it just was released. I'm like, I'll check this out. <laughs> that, that video's got, like, thousands of views, but I can't. <laughs> the ones where I try. Well, some, <laughs> of my, some of my biggest videos... Of course, with Dimebag and Pantera, those guys, uh, is my Columbia uh, Columbia Space Shuttle video that I shot. I don't know if you knew about that, but yeah, when Columbia broke up over Dallas in 2003, yeah, I got the, I got the whole thing on video, and I've got over two million views on just that one video. Damn. And uh, I've got my Elvis Presley when I met Elvis Presley. I've got that video up there. I'd, Gets a lot of hits. Oh, is that that one you showed on uh, uh, Robert Rose podcast where uh, you? Uh, yeah, I'm out. I'm out of Waikiki Beach, and Elvis yeah. lands in a helicopter and 
going to do that Aloha Hawaii concert back in January of 73. I was only 15 years old at the time. But even then, I even then I had kept a camera with me. I had a little eight millimeter film camera. And, Dan, uh, I think you're one of the only people I know that have seen Elvis Presley, Frank Zappa, and Pantera <laughs> in their lifetime. <laughs> I don't know. Just being at the right place at the right time. And you know, I can I can say it's probably all due to Elvis Presley. That that uh, day that day at Waikiki, you know, I, you know, t- before that, I would just shoot things around the house, just. You know my brothers and sisters and things like that and then uh after meeting elvis presley i thought wow that's pretty cool i got some cool footage here mm-hmm. and my first instinct was i wanted to be in the music industry somehow i wanted to be a rock star if possible that never panned out but as years went on you know i worked with bands it started off as a roadie then i started managing bands uh then i started putting on music festivals so when you start doing that you start meeting a lot of people mm-hmm right place right time that's how life works and then you know i get to a point where i said you know what i'm retired now i'm done i mean i'll do things like this this is still fun but mm-hmm. you know i'm not you know i've always had a project going all the time like i said i even started the citizen patrol unit out here in our city you know and when it, after about three or four years i move on to another project just whatever comes my way that's kind of yeah. how you gotta be just keep with the flow of life because <laughs> you know I, you know I, I used to skydive and uh, there's guys I knew that that was their life. Skydiving was absolutely everything. I go, well, yeah, don't you get bored with it after a while? You know? Mm-hmm. So I did it for a while, and I said, well, I'm done with that. I survived. I had fun. Then I'd go on to something else. But some people just stick with the same thing. You know, they're, they're a guitar player. That's all they focus on their entire life. I like hopping around. I like a little taste of everything, you know? Mm-hmm. And, 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 I, and I'm not one to sit back and just let it happen. You know, if you want to pursue it, you know, use the... The networking, people that you know already, you know, use them to get to the next step possibly. I've been in the food industry for about a decade and I'm thinking about changing it up because I would love to like be a part of the entertainment industry and stuff. It's just with me and I think this is with a lot of people, it's the anxiety and it's the comfort of where you're at. Yeah. That you want to do better and you want to do something else, but it's the fear of what if it don't work and now I'm broke or homeless. Well, you know, I had a regular job all my life until I was 55. Mm-hmm. And uh, everything I did on the side, it was just in case I want to make that leap. I got something I can leap to, something yeah. I really enjoy. So yeah. I always had these hobbies, always doing things, you know. And, uh, you know, and now that I'm retired for the last 10 years, you know, I, I have all the time in the world now. Well, the thing is, people don't realize it's never too late to do what you want to do. Yeah. Because... Colonel Sanders, for instance, he didn't start KFC till he was in his late 60s, and he was going to kill himself. <laughs> he wrote a suicide note about everything he didn't accomplish, and he's like, fuck it, why don't I try to accomplish it? So yeah. he he did it. You know, and if you fail, chalk it up to a learning experience. You know, yeah. don't, you know don't do that next time. You know, try yeah. it another way. You know, it, it's easy to give up on something, you know. The hardest job in the entertainment industry is the one that I want to do. Stand-up comedy. Because trial and error in stand-up comedy is you have a crowd there. With a band, you can like play a solo or you can just pretend like that didn't happen. But as a comedian, you have to like try to pick up your bootstraps or not. Yeah. <laughs> well, one thing, go- one thing about the entertainment business, depending on what, you know, I guess what sector you get into, there's not much money there. Just, yep. you know, I mean, I've worked all these bands all these years and, you know, and I'm probably actually in debt for all that. You know, I remember the ride for dime still owes me about four thousand dollars. You know, but because I invested about eleven thousand into it, and 
got most of it paid back, but not all of it. I but, forgot who said it, but somebody said anybody in the entertainment industry does have mental problems because it's not an industry that most people want to be in. It, it looks it looks glamorous from the outside, but when you're in it, there's a lot of BS, man. Yeah, you, get, you got a lot of personalities you have to deal with, mm-hmm. you know. And I got to the part where I'm just tired of it, you know. I, I just I just want to be by myself, do my own thing with nobody else involved, you know. Mm-hmm. So where did the name Just the Facts come from? Because you do like these travel videos and all that stuff. Is there a... Well, no, it's just that uh, I guess everybody's really talking about it nowadays, the misinformation on the internet. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was sick and tired of seeing misinformation. People jump into conclusions, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm the type of guy, I'll listen to all sides of the story. Let's get all the facts in and I'll make my own decision. Mm-hmm. You know, the same way with the COVID thing, you know. You know, you got two sides. I listen to both sides and make my own decision. You know, mm-hmm. but you got to have just the facts. You just can't go by hearsay and think. So it just, you know, I, when I state something, I like to make sure that it's true, mm-hmm. and it's not, 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 not uh, you know, it's not my. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, just, just being truthful about everything, and and not adding to a story, like you know that little game where people whisper something in your ear and you pass to the next person. Mm-hmm. I'm the type of guy, when it gets to the last person, I want it to be the same as it was when it went in. I don't want it changed, you know? Right. So just, as well, long as you're dealing with the facts, you know. It's, it's like that whisper game. It starts off with, like, uh, Susie went to go pee, and next thing you know, you have a uh, hemorrhoid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what? My Chinese whispers, they used to call it. Uh-huh. We, well, yeah, we, Bill K says Jack Webb. Well, that was that part of my influence, too, because I loved Jack Webb and, and that little saint, just the facts, man. You know, <laughs> he only said that once in all, all the Dragnet shows. He only said that once. <laughs> That's like a lot of people, like famous quotes and stuff was either said once or it's not even the actual quote at all. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, Star Wars. I always go back to Star Wars. Luke, I am your father was never said in that movie. Never. No, but it, it was similar what, what, what was the actual statement? The actual statement was, is Luke told him that Obi-Wan told me about my father. He was a Jedi, whatever else he said. And then Darth Vader was like, no, I am your father. Okay. He interrupted him and said, no, but he never said, Luke, I'm your father. That's okay. ki- that's kind of like, uh, you know, the movie Silence of the Lambs. Oh, yeah. That scene where he turns around and says, hello, Clarice. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say that. If you go and watch it again, he says "Good evening," which kind of fucks with my head. That's one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite horror movies, and I remember yeah. him saying that. That's actually something called the Mandela effect. The Mandela effect. Mandela sorry. effect, yeah. Mandela effect, which it messes with my head. I did a whole episode on that. That's crazy. Do you have your own show, Dan, or is it just these videos that you do? Well, I'll, you know, I'll do a live show every now and then. It's I don't. I'm not on a schedule or anything. I don't live. I don't live by schedules anymore. <laughs> you just do as you do. Yeah, whenever. If somebody wants to watch, they can watch. You know, I'll try to promote it ahead of time. If it's somebody like, I've got a video that I'm going to be shooting here pretty soon. I get. Uh, you've heard of Lillian Axe? Uh, from, from back in the '80s, they were kind of glam with the big hair. Uh, it doesn't ring a bell, but I might have heard a song. Yeah, well, they're still around, but basically, it's the band is now full of replacements. Oh. And three of the original guys are now in a new band that I'm going to help start promoting through video. And uh, so I'm going to be helping them out a little bit, doing a promo video. And I'll promote that, you know. But mm-hmm. if I do a live show, you know, it's just basically I'm just winging it. 
Well, the thing is, with live shows anymore, and take it from somebody who does them once a month, once a week, I mean, um, we're thinking about changing our platform anyway because people listen afterwards anymore because of the pandemic starting to let up. People are actually going outside. Yeah. We don't have as much of a crowd as we used to. People do still listen, but it's usually after the fact anyway. Yeah. And it's well, easier to set up the topics, too, because on a show like this, you don't know what you're going to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> See, another thing about live, too, people have short attention span. Yeah. So the, the thing that gets more hits are short videos. You know, if you got a five minute video, that's going to get way more hits than a three hour long talk show. Well, it's no kind of, no it's one's going to watch all three hours. It's hard to do a show like this and keep it 20 minutes, especially when the conversation gets yeah. interesting. <laughs> well, I, I actually know somebody that does live shows twice a day and it's, they don't even keep them on their, on their platform. They delete them once or through with the live show. They delete it. So it's just for the live audience, just for the live audience. Yeah. They don't even keep it on their YouTube. Well, the thing with this show is, is I, we plan on doing like shorter shit and like doing more stuff with it, but the podcast, it's just, it's hard to listen to a podcast. I get it. It's this long, but we're no Joe Rogan though. That guy, that guy goes for like days. Yeah. (laughs) I saw one of his podcasts that said five hours. I'm like, no, like I need that in parts. Well, Royce's show last night was three hours. Well, yeah, but it was entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I didn't get, I don't get, he's been wanting me to be on the show, but I don't get to be on it very often because I get off work an hour after it goes on and nine times out of 10, <laughs> he's either done or wrapping up. Yeah. So, but I'm, pro- I'm probably going to get, uh, cut the show off, but Dan, I'd love to have you back on sometime All to, right. talk, to talk stories because I know you got a lot of them. We could have a bathroom talk episode. <laughs> See, I, <laughs> we all, we all casting our bathrooms. <laughs> we're all on the shitter. Yeah, I'm down with that. So I know, our, I know, our buddy Robert Rowe probably has a microphone in his bathroom. <laughs> he, has them, he has them everywhere else in his house. <laughs> but Dan, thank you so much for joining. No, no, uh, not a problem. It's an, it, it was incredible having you. We could do this for hours, no, but uh, I got to work. <laughs> yeah, it's good to meet y'all. Yorkshire Pud and Gorick. Yeah, Gorick or Gorak? Gorak. Yeah. Gorak. I'm from Australia. So. He's from Australia. We got Naomi down here. She's living in Germany, but from uh where'd you say you're from again, dear? I keep asking you this because I mm-hmm. suck. Well, from from the UK. Uh, from that, Yorkshire. Okay. Yorkshire. <laughs> Yorkshire, yeah. But yeah, she's uh she's ger- it lives in Germany, but she's the only German with that accent. <laughs> she, she lived she lived somewhere with the most polite accent and then moved somewhere with the most angry accent <laughs> well but, they've got they've got you guys in australia pretty much locked down don't they not anymore okay well but they um they let the unvaccinated people out last week uh, and cases have gone up now uh <laughs> I saw I saw a video where there was a guy getting arrested because he was out sunbathing. They said that's not any sexual activity. Oh yeah, that was like uh, months ago or something like okay. that. Yeah, we were in, we were in lockdown for like four and a half months. I've actually been locked down almost two years. My you know my wife was sick with cancer, and uh, yeah. so we were in lockdown for COVID even hit. So to me, it didn't change my lifestyle at all. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, since she passed away in May, you know. I still kind of keep locked up. I just don't, you know, I'm at high risk, 
you know, I'm not anti-vaxxer, you know, but there's things about the vaccine that I wonder about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, know, uh, I, know, I, I, I was the same thing as well. It's personal you know, choice. Uh, I, I got it because I wanted to go back to work. Yeah, you know, it's better safe than sorry, I think, you know. It, it, there, anything you hear on the left is extreme. Anything you hear on the right is extreme, you know. So like I said, let's get the facts, you know, I somewhere in the middle. I make my own decision. But, uh, you know, they, they told me yeah. I had to get I, it was best for me to get the vaccine because my wife was really ill. And if I brought it into her, it would kill her. So mm -hmm. I said, well, yeah, I'll get the shot. Yeah. So I got the shot. And yeah. eight days, eight days later, I had a heart attack. Damn. You know, I remember. You oh, wow. that. Yeah. And then uh, I got out of the hospital. Two weeks later, I had another heart attack and they couldn't find the reason why I had the heart attack. And I go, well, the timing is kind of suspicious. But, you know, I can't blame it on the vaccine because I don't know for sure. Yeah, but, I have a, but I'm yeah. about to get my I'm about to get my booster, and I want it all documented. <laughs> well, the thing with me is yeah. the reason why I haven't gotten it is because I have a friend who lost their brother recently, and he was vaccinated both of them and the booster. He ended up getting COVID, got put on a ventilator, and died. Wow! And that's not the first case I've heard of friends going through that. So if it's going to possibly make you sick anyway or kill you anyway, who's to say that vaccinated or not, you would have gotten that sick or not? Well, of course, they're saying, you know, if you do get it, that you won't get it as bad. You know, yeah. how do they how do they determine that? I'd like to see the stats on that. To yeah, see, like yeah. somebody who already had it and then they yeah. got vaccinated later. Like, that's the only way to figure it out. But who's to say it's not since we have a different strain now, because this has been evolving into different strains. Yeah. So who's to say that the strain that you got before was more deadly or for your knowledge? Yeah. Yeah, no people, people are panicking about this new strain. It's but, it, but it's. Well, they're saying it's weak, but, you know, t I don't think enough time has gone by yet. You know, I'm more curious to see what the death rate is, mm -hmm. but I don't know yeah. if they've been around long enough to see what the death rate is on the new strain. If it's very yeah. low, I mean, if it's equal to the flu, then, you know, let's not overreact too much for it. Yeah. Well, but, the thing is with COVID, it has already surpassed the Spanish flu and deaths in the United States. Yeah. Which is crazy because other countries, due to them having their shit together during this, they don't have, it didn't surpass Spanish flu anywhere else. Hmm. Just here. Which is crazy because if you remember, Italy was like, fuck this. They completely locked down. Nobody was allowed yeah. leaving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, to be honest, being stuck in my house for four and a half months because I'm a chef was great because, like, I needed a break. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was expecting four and a half months off, but, like, I just needed a break. I just needed a break. I'm ready to go back. I think one thing yeah. that this, this pandemic has done, you know, a lot of people start working at home. Well, I, yeah. that's, that's a that's a good thing, you know. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a savings to a lot of companies, you know, and and it's going to be a lot of you know more convenient for a lot of people. So it, it's it's I think we kind of turn a corner on a new way of how we work now, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's it's kind of evolved into something that could be positive, you know. Yeah. That way well, you you don't you, you're not stuck to living in a little city doing a stupid job. You can get a good job living in that stupid little city making bigger money doing something for a company in New York, you know? Yeah. And if you noticed, uh, due to the pandemic, a lot of people are now holding corporations accountable for paying them what they're worth. Yeah. So a lot of places are either going to raise what they're paying people or they're just going to go out of business because nobody wants to work there. Yeah. It's pretty much the second great depression in a way where like the economy sucks, but people don't want to work for shit. <laughs> like shit. Well, when we uh, reopened a couple of months ago, um, our bosses sent us an email, like a survey saying, would you let unvaccinated people into the workplace? And 
December 15th. I said, no. No, no. <laughs> I don't want to get locked down again. I can't afford to, like, be unemployed for a couple of weeks and not get paid. Like, I, I can't go broke again. I can't afford it. Not at this time. Yeah, we have to do tests at work um, at the moment. What's What was crazy about the United States is they gave us those checks and they acted like they were doing us a favor. That's our fucking money. <laughs> but every, everywhere down here has changed a lot now. Like malls, everything. I, I do everything online now. Yeah. Change is a good thing because change the way we progress as a society and ensure our own survival. Yeah, but but the only thing that hasn't changed is people going out to nightclubs now. It's just like packed. Nothing that's where all the cases are right now, I think. Yeah, they've all shut here where I live. Yeah, I get a little, Yeah, I still get a little nervous going out. I usually go out like once a week to the grocery store, get my necessities. But like on Saturday night, I went out to a club. First time I've been to a club in a couple of years. Uh, but yeah. luckily, the, cl the club wasn't really packed and there was good ventilation. I mean, I, I didn't wear my mask, you know, you know, but, you know, it's a restaurant. I, I had some food. But there was nobody really around me. And I, I don't know, I, definitely I keep an eye out for that now. I went to the Rolling Stones concert, what, a uh, month and a half ago. Mm -hmm. There were 40,000 people there. and But it was outside. And I thought, well, you know, we'll sneak by this. Well, four days later, man, I'm getting a sore throat. And I'm going, oh, God, don't tell me. But luckily, it was something, it was a 24-hour cold or whatever. It went away. But I started thinking, man, it just gets me nervous you know because you know, like i said i'm at high risk if i get it, it'll probably kill me you know what's mm. crazy you know what crazy is is me and my mom against like better judgment but i had fun anyway we went to an alice cooper concert thing is, is we didn't get sick after the alice cooper concert um my parents decided to go on we think this is where they got it we don't know they decided to go on their anniversary and they came back and my dad got sick and he's high risk like you are and luckily he made it through um, he had help from the hospital, but he made it through. But we got—we didn't get sick going to a crowded hospital, not a hospital concert. Sorry, we didn't get uh, sick from a crowded concert, but we got sick on a vacation where they ran into barely any people. Hmm. <laughs> it's to me, weird. you know, you know, there's a theory. I don't know how true this is, but when the when COVID first hit, they're talking about how the the virus you know, will go into your respiratory system and it's got the little spikes and it's looking for, you know, a way to get into your lungs yeah. to attach itself. Well, one of the stats that I remember reading from China when it first came out, everybody in China, almost everybody in China smokes. Yeah. Okay. But the infection rate was that there's less non-smoke, the non-smokers had it more than smokers. Mm -hmm. well, well, how can that be? Well, they're thinking the tar and nicotine in your lungs Mm -hmm. is preventing that virus from finding a way to attach itself. So immediately, everybody went out and started buying nicotine gum and said, oh, wait a minute, that's not how that works. It's, right? the, it's the you know actual smoking. So I, you know, I, don't, I don't know whatever became of that, that study, but I was well, curious, you know, are, do smokers actually have less of a chance or more of a chance or, they, or same amount of chance? I'm also read somewhere that they have found out, not just smokers, because I heard that study. There's also a study that said uh, those who smoke pot every day have less of a chance of severe, severe symptoms. 
because I had I was sick, but there was like three days when I was really sick, and then the rest of my symptoms were pretty mild. And it probably could have been much worse because I'm yeah. as I'm asthmatic. If it attaches to my lungs, yeah, like. But they also say if you stay up and moving too, prevents any type of lung infection. Yeah, uh, that was the issue my dad had. He couldn't move. So did, well, were they were they having to turn him? Um, I don't know what they did in the hospital. I know that he got really sick. He ended up going to the hospital because he uh, couldn't, he, he was dehydrated really bad. And then they found out he had an infection on his lungs. So I don't know what they did. I know they gave him a bunch of vitamins and they gave him like COVID medication, but that's. Because I know they're making, they're having to turn the patients over, mm-hmm. you know, like sleep on their stomach because your lungs, if you stay in, you know, prone on your black, on your back like that, uh-huh. things kind of settle into your lungs. Yeah. So if you keep it turning and keep it moving, you're able to cough it up better. And Yeah, that's what I was told. Sleep on your side, on your back, yeah. or in a recli- not on your back, but on your stomach or in a recliner. Yeah. That's what I did the whole time, and I was fine. My mom slept in a recliner, too. We, we got sick. I'm not going to lie and say I didn't get sick. I had to, like, can- almost cancel the podcast a couple times during it. Well, that's better than having to go to the hospital. Right. right. We, had, we had a police officer that was in a... a induced coma for two months Damn. and he came out of it and i saw him for the first time well, he got out of the hospital in february and i saw him for the first time a couple of weeks ago and he still looks bad you know he, he still doesn't have his smell or taste back he's not infectious anymore he just it just really he went, See, went it, through the he went through the ringer it lingers because like i still have lingering symptoms and i had a mild case but i get randomly tired yeah. at work I have an occasional cough. It slowly went away. I, I'll have moments where I'm perfectly fine and I'm tired and I'm coughing. But I don't know if it's from the COVID I had or if it's just the seasonal shit. Yeah. Because this time of year I get that way anyway. So you know, it, you know, that's something I always have a hard time distinguishing because I've been smoking cigarettes for about 52 years now, mm-hmm. and I got the smoker's cough. You know. Yeah. So. Sometimes I'll have a cough attack and I'm going, wait, is that from the cigarettes or am I coming down with something? You know, it's, it's hard to determine sometimes. That's that's kind of why I've kind of, uh, I avoid cigarettes and stuff. I'm one of those guys that like all I did was smoke pot. I rarely drank. I rarely do anything else, if at all. I just enjoy my herbal medicine. Well, so you're, you're in the generation that uh, shouldn't <laughs> smoke because right. by the time you guys were around, the facts were in. Yeah. What cigarette smoking will do to you. When I was growing up, that was part of becoming an adult. It yeah. just you'd start smoking. Yeah. I mean, everybody smoked. Even newspaper. I mean, the news reporters on TV were smoking while they were giving the news. Mm-hmm. It was just it was just all part of growing up. Then once I get hooked, they go, "Oh yeah, it'll kill you." Well, hell. Do, do you think maybe <laughs> cigarettes became as commercialized as they were to get everyone's mind off of marijuana? Because around that time, when they were commercializing it, was when they were making marijuana illegal. Well, I don't know. Marijuana was illegal for way before that, I thought. A federal, on a federal level, yeah. I don't think it became illegal until like 1950s, maybe, 1960s. But they were starting to crack down on it already. Yeah, they put out propaganda stuff like uh, Reefer Madness back in the 30s. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That guy that did that movie is the guy, I believe, that sent the letter to Congress saying that marijuana makes uh, women sleep with black jazz musicians. Ah, uh, he is, he, asked, is he the guy that in the movie faster? 
That movie's a great comedy nowadays. It is. Oh, I laughed too. It's hilarious. <laughs> but it, it was they're playing, the, playing that piano, you know. You, well, first of all, you're a little more relaxed than that. That's more like if she's on cocaine playing that piano, you know. Right. <laughs> that should have been cocaine madness. Yeah. Uh, marijuana. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to find out when it became le- illegal in the United States. Um, uh, it became illegal in 1937. Okay. But it didn't go on the Controlled Substance Act until 1970. Oh, okay. So uh, I was right, and you were right at the same time. There's <laughs> the way laws work is fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, my uh. Luckily, my father didn't need a ventilator. Thank God. Mm. They say that when you get on that ventilator, that's when you're real rough. But I'm glad Jackie's father made it through. But I'm going to get off of here, Dan, because if we keep talking, we're not going to have anything to talk about next time. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for tuning in, guys. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, everyone. Go check out Voice It. Thank you. Go check out all the other shows. Go ask a Dan. Uh, go to Royce in the house while you're asking a Dan, because he is on that show too. Uh, Remember everyone, live long, rock hard. Later.